How are you, man? Yeah, I'm going good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. You're just at home hanging about? Yeah, yeah, just kicking back at the moment. In in Melbourne, Melbourne, right? Yep, yep. So at the moment, I'm I'm living with Harlan, who's the bass player. So we're just getting a lot of content done over this next little period before all the touring starts back up. Oh yeah, man you you got a you got a big run coming up. Yeah, we've got we've got that North Lane one, and then um, then yeah, we've got a few more tours into the year. Probably be heading back overseas, so a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. Yeah, man. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, man, you're kicking off the year, of course, with uh, Death Two, and uh, what a ride, man! It's a wild ride, dude. This thing's incredible. I really oh, awesome. It. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's heavy, it's intense, and it's got some really interesting places it takes you to, you know. And, but overall, it's really dark, man. Like that's one thing I did get from from this compared to Future Lovers is how dark and heavy it is. What drove that direction this time? I think that in all of the new music that people are going to see from us, we wanted to lean into the the different areas of our eclectic tastes. So where Future Lovers kind of showed a whole palette of the things that we enjoyed, Death 2 mm. is more focusing on that darker, heavier side. And, you know, people that liked the older stuff would have seen little sprinkles of that here and there. And we just wanted to fully explore that and 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 lean into that side of the band and i, I think death two does a good job of of, of exploring that and, and showing that side of us uh, absolutely man um how far back do these songs go in terms of writing future lovers so some of the songs well more want was actually written before future lovers came out okay. or like i i I think it was actually written before Future Lovers was even recorded. So as far back as as that, um, so a few years really on some of these songs and then all the way up to Roulette, which was written probably eight months ago. So so it spans across a bit of time and mo- most of them were written during the lockdown period here in Melbourne. So, yeah. And you, you had Benny join as well, right? The guitarist? Yes, yes. So, man, there was a lot of changes during this the period of of the Death Two recording. We were over in the UK to kind of record the first rendition of it, and then we ended up scrapping some of those songs and taking parts of them, and going um, up to Byron Bay and doing some work with Evan from In Hearts Wake. And the the songs got taken all over the the place, and we're in lots of different people's hands in an effort to get them how we wanted them and it definitely was a it was a struggle and there was lots of changes and mm. you know he came through later in the process and he's been an absolute lifesaver especially on the touring side of things we we needed someone and we needed someone quick and he's jumped in and, and, and absolutely killed it was that difficult though you know you went and recorded some stuff and then you know, going oh look it's not working for us and and sort of starting in i've been in that position and it can be pretty difficult. It's a tough call, man, when you sort of go, look, it's just not happening. I need to, we, it's got to be right. Well, yeah, it's especially hard when, you know, all your chips are on the table mm. and you're pretty much 100% in this and you're on the road. Like we were in the middle of the In Hearts Wake tour, which was like a 40 date tour, had just come from back to back to back to back touring and festivals. All of us are like, 
burned out and trying to survive and figure out where the next meal is coming from. And then you've worked so hard to get this thing, which is kind of the next stage in the process. And then listening to it and knowing that it's not right, but not wanting to accept that being like, just because of what that means. Yeah. It means that somehow you've got to find a way in amongst the touring to then get money together, get people together, get people on board to, to shift it. And, you know, there were, we, we were pushed in different directions by lots of people. So being able to keep your own voice through that is also very difficult when there's lots of people involved in the music coming to fruition. So I think that we did our best that we could. And, and thanks to people like, like Evan, who kind of, created a space in which our voice could shine through. We were able to get it to a place that we're happy with. And in terms of, you know, the title death Two, and the concepts of the record and where, you know, it, it sort of took you personally, what, what does that mean to you? Um, I think that, you know, death Two is the first installment of a wider project. Mm. And I think that the meaning of the name will kind of, show itself more as that goes on. So I won't talk too much about that, but, but I, I will say that it is, it's just an immersive dark record that really explores some of the more negative sides of the mind and, and, and states that, that you get into when you're kind of living on the edge of risk and, and um, issues with mental health and things like that. So I think it, it, it explores a lot of those topics in a visceral way and, yeah, the, the it, it has another side which will kind of come out more in the future, I think. But visually, what we've seen so far is intense. Like those videos, man, are really, really full on and they stick stick to you. <laughs> like, you know, how yeah. how has it been working on those? And is it something that, you know, you said you're gonna explore further and further down the line? But it, it, do you want to expand on it, like you know, in maybe motion picture or or, or a short films or or anything like that? Is that sort of what you sort of want to go towards without spoiling things? Yeah. So, um, I guess what I'm saying is that because a lot of the songs are obscure and experimental, and and even the themes and the visuals that go along with it. And I definitely want to leave, leave that to sit with people for a little while, you know, whereas things from future lovers might've been a lot more cut and dry where someone says, well, what is this song about? And I can yeah. give an easy answer and, and explain that. I think that death Two creates a world for people to get lost in and, and, and almost choose how they want to take certain things. Mm. And, and, like, and like I said, death Two is a part of a, a larger body of work, which will continue to get released throughout the year. And I think that some of that will, will shed light back on death too as well. Um, in terms of the videos, I think, man, that, that process was very, very intense and, and difficult. And, you know, we've had a lot of people that need to be thanked that helped us with that process. You know, Harlan, who plays bass for us, he did so much work. He designed all the sets. He built the sets. Um, and, you know, as I was coming up with ideas, he was on the execution side of that and figuring mm -hmm. out how to actually bring that stuff into reality. And we worked with one of our good friends, Jackson, who, you know, if it weren't for him, basically lending us his services through this whole period and going the extra mile, we wouldn't have been able to get those, those videos out. Um, and we, we did them in a very congested time period. So I think we shot all of it in, within a week. Oh, oh and, man. Uh, and then, and then That's just one other little shoot later on. So, 
I, I'm very happy that they were able to land because some of it was pretty ambitious. <laughs> Man, they are insane. Like visually, they're it's better than some of the videos I've seen recently. Like incredible, oh. especially under that much pressure, bro. You got to be. Well, yeah, it's a, it's it's hard because once you start, like once you're at our level, where we've kind of cracked into the world, mm. where we're touring constantly, we're getting support opportunities, and we're growing, but we're still not this massive enterprise that's bringing in lots of funds. You have to then push and make the next thing that's going to keep the attention and keep the ball rolling. But you're also drained financially and mentally and, and in every other way. And you've somehow got to be able to pull that out so that you can keep the thing going. And so it can be very difficult and there is a lot of pressure. Um, and I, I think that this record is a testament to the, the resilience and the overcoming of, of hard times that we've all, that we've all had to put into it. So I, I'm thankful for it in that sense. Absolutely, bro. You should be, you know, stoked. Absolutely stoked with it because it is incredible. Everything you guys are doing right now is really great. And in, interesting too, as I mentioned before, like you guys are such a hard band to pin down, like musically, because you're a bit of, bit of this, bit of that. You know, it's uh, it's not just, you know, so straight down the line. Do you think that, you know, you set the, you've set the tone now for that, that wherever you go now, it's going to be unpredictable. Is that exciting for you? Yeah, it's exciting. You know, obviously we don't write with the audience in mind. Mm. Um, that's kind of an afterthought. And I think that in a lot of conversations with the wider music world, that's difficult because people like to think about like, oh, what's going to be big and what's going to be successful. And I think maybe if we if we had done that and just, you know, put out a metalcore project, which we could do, um, maybe we would have found a lot more immediate success and I think that when you can, when people hear something that's familiar and that can fit in a box like that, it is, it's easy to digest and be like, okay, that's what these guys are. And, and, you know, and, and you can get a lot of immediate success, but I think that there's a ceiling with that. And we've seen it a lot over the past few years when band, when bands try to switch up their style or do something differently and they get a lot of backlash and they have to kind of push through at that stage. And so I think, you know, even though it might, be a little bit hard at the start and people might not necessarily make sense of exactly what we're trying to do. If we become established like this, then we have the freedom to do whatever we want and we have the freedom to create any type of art. Really, if we just release a full on rock album or a full on electronic album, I don't think that any of our fans are going to be too surprised. Yeah, come on, blink it on. <laughs> and that's yeah. the best part, the best way to be, man. Cause there's some bands out there, like classic bands that we all love, you know, like, uh, I had to say, but like Corn, for example, yeah, again, love them, but they they can't they do tend to go outside the lines a little bit. But if they go too far, you know, the fan base will just, you know, turn tables, you know. And I think yeah. that's where you guys have done. I think you've put that legwork in to begin with, which is great. And I did want to mention, of course, in in regards to that, there's the middle section of more one where it goes to this little jazz break with like the mouth trumpet and stuff which is just i i love it man I, it took me by surprise where did that come from because that that's just not something you think of every day yeah so i think more one was kind of like a fit of rage really it was it was like it, it was a trance-like experience writing that song and everything just came out and there wasn't any thought behind oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do a mouth trumpet i was literally just putting one thing down and then another thing down and then just freestyling parts over it and just 
it was happening very, very quickly. I think really the first demo for that song would have come together in a matter of hours. And in terms of like what, you know, obviously a lot more work went into it for sound design and all these things from like what everyone hears. But in terms of like the essence of the song, it was really captured in that moment and never really changed. And I think that it was kind of inspired by a lot of, you know, weird gypsy music where it's just a guy playing a guitar and telling a story and doing a bunch of weird shit. And I'd heard some of the stuff. And I think that that sort of influenced me in a way, even though it's a very different place, just the, how it would just change instantly and it's doing this and it's doing that. And so I think that that, that's what really, yeah, inspired it. And, and, and all I can say is that it's obviously a really dark song and it's, it has a really fucked up sound to it. Mm. And I think that that very much represents what was going on at the time, even like just in the room of me writing it, it was like, it was almost, you know, like I was having a fit and throwing shit around but it was just getting recorded. And then that was the song that came out. Do you feel that you've, you went in there and you did that and you've come out and you've sort of exercised those demons in a lot of way, or you've gotten control of them through that song? Maybe I've invited something, brother. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think like music isn't always, for me personally, a lot of people talk about it being cathartic and they're like this great release from music where it doesn't necessarily seem to do that for me. It's difficult and it's something I'm called to do, mm. but I don't necessarily get the feeling of like release. What I, what I see in my mind is I see as I'm writing something, doors present themselves to me. And I can go into those doors and go deeper and deeper into different areas of my mind and, and the things that I see. And I, and, and the music just ends up being a commentary on, on that experience. But, you know, sometimes making songs leaves me feeling like I, I think for more want specifically through the whole process of recording each time I was in the studio working on that song, it didn't feel nice. It felt like pretty, pretty weird and pretty mm. out of body and, and fucked up. And so, yeah, I, I don't miss, I, I don't think that, you know, for me, if I go have a hard workout and I'm dealing with a lot of stress, it might get all that stress out. And I think that for, for some people that happens with them, with music, like they have all these feelings, then they scream it out and then it's gone. Whereas for me, it's almost like diving deeper into that and conjuring up that darkness and then i have to go and do other things to bring myself back after i've been making the music to make sure i don't go crazy it's easy to do man like i i've been there i know exactly what you're talking about there and it, and it can be a hard thing to do it's like how some people channel things when they're they're acting or something like that you know it conjures things up i guess inside us that we sometimes don't even realize and uh then you've got to you, you once they're out of the box sometimes you got to wrestle them you know? Yeah, exactly. That, well, that, that's that's a very accurate description. I think, like, yeah, the idea of acting and going into a character that that's very much how I am when when I'm writing and recording, and I try to embody the ideas that I'm that I'm working on. So, yeah, it's definitely something that you that you have to watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you had a pop up party, listening party, yah yahs, something the other night, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. It was awesome. We, we we weren't sure how it was going to go because it was a weird pitch. Like, you know, it's not really a show. It's there's no other bands. There's like, you know, it was it was a bit of a, a hard event to sell. Um, but we made a bunch of 
handmade merch that Harlan, our bass player, had worked really hard on, and he's just getting so good at doing this stuff. And, you know, we put a lot of money and time into it. We weren't sure how it was going to go, and we ended up selling out of everything. Um, we had a little listing installation with an old TV that was, like, playing different stems um, from the new songs and kind of breaking them down in a way that people won't be able to hear them uh, you know, just on the normal track. And I think it went really well. People, people loved it and, and getting to sell out of all of that merch and kind of have a bit more of an, a genuinely intimate event where we were just there with everyone talking to everyone the whole night. And there wasn't anything other than just us playing and us showcasing this new music. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love that. I love that idea. Uh, what was the merch? What was the handmade merch? Um, so we had a bunch of jackets and hoodies and they were like, you know, with the hoodies, we had heavier, uh, more quality garments and we, that had prints on them, but then also had patchwork that had been sewn on and like they, they, they're awesome. We had so much demand for them that I definitely think it's something that we're going to look to do in the future is have like a few of these higher priced items for people that want them. Um, but genuinely like those the hoodies that that we did were just fucking awesome like when i first saw them i was like, i want one of those like i would just buy that so I, I was pretty impressed with you know i gave the concept to harlan and then his execution of it was even better than i could have ever imagined so it's cool to know that we we've got that up our sleeve did you get one did you did you swap one for yourself no i didn't well like you know even what even some of my friends were there they were like oh, i want to get one and I literally had to say to them, wait till next time because there's like fans of the band that want them and they're yeah. going to buy them now and I'll see you another time and you can buy them when we've got like excess. So I literally had to turn away. I had to tell oh. like my brother, my brother called me immediately. He's like, I want one of those hoodies. I'll transfer you for it now. And I was like, sorry, I can't. It's party, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool, man. Sounds like you're onto something there, but, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, you're heading the road with uh, North Lane Air and Landmarks, which uh, is going to be massive. Everyone's keen for this show, uh, especially in Brisbane. Uh, what are you looking forward to about hitting the road with those guys? Yeah, I think North Lane is a band that we've listened to for the longest time, and, and it's a band that we bonded over in the early early days of the band. We've all been fans of them at different points in their career, and and have taken you know a lot of inspiration from them especially in the early days mm. so i think to be able to do that would, would have definitely been a, a big dream for us when we were first starting out um so to to fulfill that and and get to go out on the road with them is awesome and we we just enjoy watching them play they're one of the best live bands i've ever seen um and all the shows i've ever been to so i'll be out there every night listening to them and enjoying the music as well as being able to get up there and play. Good dudes too. Marcus is like one of the best dudes ever. Yeah, well, they're, they're amazing. Like we've got to play a couple of shows with them now and and meet all the guys. And when I was over in the States for the Plot and You Tour, mm. um, I, I went down and caught them at their Atlanta show and, and got to hang out with all the guys. And yeah, it's really cool talking to them and, and seeing how down to earth they all are. Whilst at the same time, sort of processing, you know, just how big of a family we were as teenagers, of then that would that would have been probably like the absolute pinnacle for us in our minds then. So to be able to hang out with those guys and and get to see them in that way is, is really cool. But you know what's really cool is the fact that Australian music is really taking over the world right now in such a massive way. <laughs> like 
there's people I know over in the States that are like, oh, this tour, this tour, this tour, all these bands that, you know, uh, so they're locals to us, but they're, that's, it's out like you guys, like it's yeah, yeah. Australian bands, but to them over there, it's like massive, massive thing. Like seeing it with Parkway and, and you know, what, what's your thoughts on all that, man? Do you think it's something that's going to keep growing? And I mean, you're over there playing as well. You're, you're seeing it firsthand. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, I think you look at what bands like Thornhill are doing, obviously we toured with them over in the States and they've just kept going mm. from strength to strength. Um, and lots of other bands that I think are, are going to do very well overseas. You know, obviously there's the barrier to entry with touring, which makes it harder for bands on the side of the world. If, it, if you're in this genre in America, you really don't know how easy you've got it. Just because like, if say we were at the same level that we're at now, but we're an American band, we can just buy a van and tour America and there's 50 shows to play and like good, B C markets all the way up to the big rooms. And once you're once you're rolling over there, it's a lot easier to get that steam behind you. Whereas when you're on this side of the world, the money for visas and flights and all that stuff is a huge thing. And bands really struggle. And what you know, what what you'd see, say in a country like America, is bands get to this size and then usually they start getting a lot of momentum. Mm. But if being somebody that follows the scene over here, you'd probably be used to seeing a band start get popularity, go on their first overseas tour, and then half the band members go, "I've decided that I'm no longer going to do this." Oh, <laughs> it's, because they, it's because they realize, like, far out. So to actually do this, I have to literally be in a constant state of financial stress and pressure and like literally just looking at that next show and hoping that merch sells and that the numbers add up and it is it is a tough game and so any of the bands that from over here that are going overseas and killing it just always remember to support them and 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 realize that it is a lot harder for them and when they do get that success to to really give them their props because you know that those bands that that you're speaking of are, are doing amazing things to stay in the game and keep killing it. Yeah, man. And buy all the merch. Yeah. Exactly. Buy buy all their merch. Everything. Yeah. You know, it supports them. And, you know, I, I've, I've known dudes that have gone over there and bands and come back and pulled the plug, you know, and just lived in all, because they just couldn't do it. You know, so I, I've all my respect for you and the boys that are going over there and uh, just persevering, man. It's fucking rad. Really, really cool. Yeah, well, that's something that we, you know, it's a value that we really hold to as mm. a band. We all like hard shit. We like, you know, fighting and skating and rugby. And we like doing stuff that tests the body and the mind. And, and I think that this is, the, this is an ultimate test of that. And, and I think that it helps to inspire people to be resilient because it doesn't matter what you do. Like, you know, even if people decide that this isn't the life for them, there's still a lot of, trials that people have to face and you know there's a lot more important jobs out there than music and i would hope that in doing the music and in and being able to overcome those things and push through that the people who are working those more important jobs can be inspired by that and anytime someone tells me you know oh man your music has helped me through this and you guys are so amazing and then i'm like oh so so what are you doing they're like oh i'm, I'm a nurse and i'm like well no you're actually the amazing one and i'm just glad that this can have a good impact on you so i think it's things like that that keep us in the game and keep us pushing on that's awesome man that's incredible and uh 
I think we've got to wrap things up now, dude. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you this afternoon, man. It's a cool you too. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I will have all the links down here and on the website. Go forth, crush it on the tour, and have all the best year, and I'll, I'll see you very soon, my man. Have a good one, mate. I'll cheers hey, you. Get you. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> see you, mate. Take care, brother.